0: I was actually mad that they posted on on the world Curling website what the teams were for the B division because I went through and found most of them. <laughs> okay the, and then uh... they just it's like it's like um, I forget what oh I forget what it was with Trump's son where the guys like I sat there and did all this research and talked to all these people and he just <laughs> tweeted it out that's pretty much how i felt because i went through i went through and did google translate on so many languages to find (laughs) out who these stupid teams are (laughs) and then world curling finally is just like yep uh, hit publish
1: (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh well pretty good
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rocks Across the Pond. It's a curling podcast coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. My name is Ryan McGee, and I am not joined by Jonathan Havercroft today. We're kind of making a habit of that, aren't we? Um, So I am joined uh, by Scott Graham from Game of Stones so that we can talk about the European Curling Championship. So I'll,
1: I'll make you feel at home, Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello, Ryan. I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited to talk Europeans. Now, part of the reason that I'm on is because we can't have Jonathan talking about his friends in Team England, right? Correct. Yeah. It is a conflict of interest. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been pulled into double duty. uh, But don't worry, I'm prepared. I'm going to open a beer right now. Make sure that, uh, you know, I've got my provisions for this podcast.
0: Well, you better enjoy... Is it, a, is it good? What do you have?
1: Oh, I got a Lagunitas IPA. Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've yeah. had that. I'm not a big IPA guy, but yeah, I've had
1: that one. Sean buys them uh, because they had ads on National Public Radio, and it says, Lagunitas <laughs> keeps the pub in public radio. So, <laughs> there you go. Who knew? Well, you
0: you better enjoy that good beer while you can, because... Like last year, uh, you're going to have to drink some bad beers cause we're doing the bad beer bet again for the European curling championships.
1: Yes. I have to, uh, get the good stuff while I can, like you say, but, uh, Ryan, I feel good about uh, the, all the research I did for this. I think <laughs> that I'm going to make some great picks. Uh, I'm coming off some, a good pick, uh, for the, one of the grand slams. So I'm feeling good. Yep. So just to let
0: you guys know what we're doing, um, we have tr- we have made a trade. So Jonathan is going to go on with Sean on Game of Stones later this week, and they will publish uh, our combined women's preview for the European Championships, both the A pool and the B pool. And Scott is joining me, and we are going to preview the men's side. So the way we're going to do this is uh, Scott... Or Yeah, Scott is representing Game of Stones. I am representing Rocks Across the Pond. We will submit our picks uh, at the end. Here is what we're picking. We're picking who we think will be first, second, and third, and we'll get points based off of whether or not they actually finish in the top three. Uh, we will pick the two teams in the A pool that we think are getting relegated and then we will pick the two teams in the B pool that we think are getting promoted and whichever podcast winds up with the fewest amount of points at the end of the day uh, has to drink the beer of the winner's choosing, which I, I forget what we even made you drink last year, but I just remember that it was just awful. I think I let Jonathan pick because he knows more about bad
1: Canadian beer than I do. Oh, well, we had to drink boxer ice. And I think we voluntarily <laughs> drank a couple more ice beers because uh we you know felt like we deserved the punishment they were terrible got to have some of this laganitas to get that taste out of my mouth so
0: first i kind of want to give you an idea of what the stakes are and what these teams are are playing for in this event the most important thing is this is the first year that the points are going to count for the olympics so how you finish in worlds determines how many points you get and then this year and your points this year and next year are what qualify you for the Olympics. That's why it's, it's important that these teams make it out of Europeans and make it to the worlds. On the men's side, the top seven teams other than Scotland are are qualified for, for the world Championships. Scotland's hosting, so they're already in. So it'll be Scotland plus um, the top seven teams that aren't Scotland uh, on the men's side that are, are getting to – getting to worlds on the women's side, it's just the top seven. The next two on both sides get to the world qualification event. So on the men's side, if you're in the A, you're pretty much guaranteed a shot. You are guaranteed a shot at at least the world qualification event. If you're on the women's side, you just can't finish last. The team that finishes last doesn't have that automatic berth to the world qualification event. And then the two teams that make promotion from the B, the top two teams in the B pool, they also get to that world qualification event. That's important because if you're not in the A pool this year, if you're in the B and you don't get up, you're not going to have any any chance at any uh, points towards qualifying for the Olympics. So obviously one direct qualification, of the Olympics being one of those top seven teams other than China to get those automatic qualifying spots for the Olympics, that's out of the picture. And so is being that, that next group of, of five teams that get an automatic qualifier to the Olympic qualification event in 2021. So if you're, if you're a country that isn't in the a this year and you don't get into the A pool for Europeans next year, if you're Finland or Estonia or Denmark, and at the end of this, you don't have a spot in Worlds, and next year you're in the B pool, and you're not going to have a spot in Worlds next year, likely not going to have a spot in Worlds next year, it's time to start seeing about possibly hosting that 2021 Olympic qualifier. If you're Finland, and at the end, at the end of this, you're not promoted, and so next year it's not looking like you're going to have a chance at points either it's time to check the calendar for the for the Kiss of Calio, uh, sports center to see if you can host that olympic qualifying event and get an automatic bid there um, the other big thing is, if you are a smaller country like like England, you are looking for more visibility, getting into the A pool, uh, like England did on the men's side this year, like Estonia did on the women's side this year. And if you stay in the A pool, if you or if you qualify for the A pool out of B, um, that might even mean more entries into your country's playdowns. So that's kind of just setting the scene for what we're playing for here. Mm. All right, so we're going to go through the teams. I really have this in, I don't even know what order it is that I have this in, but I have it in a very, very random order. Perfect. Let's talk about Nicholas Adeen first, might as well, since uh, he usually wins these things. He actually won four in a row until he lost to Bruce Mowat last year in the final. Uh, he is Nicholas Adeen, and that's uh, you, could, you could leave it at that, but uh, this is his 11th Euros. He's a six-time champion. As I said, he lost to Bruce Mowat in last year's final. Uh, Went one in three at the Masters uh, GSOC event earlier this year. I've been I've been in a field in Blacksburg, Virginia, so I have not heard at all how (laughs) this year's how this week's the tour challenge slam is gone. gone, The tour challenge, Uh, he went two and two at the tour challenge.
1: Yeah, lost. So yeah, he's in. You know, they, they, uh, beat Gunlickson in a tie break there and lost to Gushu in the quarters. So uh, okay. a pretty good week. I'm, I'm a little surprised, honestly, looking at their results, uh, versus looking at their sort of statistics on the year. Um, as you mentioned, like, uh, some, a lot of playoff finishes, no wins so far, which is pretty rare for, mm-hmm. for Nicodine. Uh, they're playing really well though. They they're 50% hammer efficiency, so it just it just um, I'm I'm a little worried about how they're going to fare against this field at Europeans uh, on the season so far against all the teams that are in the the event they've gone three and six, which is super super surprising when you think of how dominant Nicolas Sedin has been at those Europeans as you mentioned four in a row, uh, versus now maybe coming into a bit of a down year.
0: Yeah, it's felt that way, even though they've made a bunch of playoffs. They made the quarterfinals at Champery. They made, they finished third at Basel. They finished second at Baden. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they're getting wins, but they're just not, which I I feel like is lulling us into lulling everyone into a false sense of security. And then all of a sudden it's going to be championship time and he's going to go into the phone booth and come back out as Nicholas Adin again.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's one of those things where I was looking at the field, thinking about who I'm going to pick. And I, can I really not pick Nicholas the to finish in the top three? Like how amazing would that be if that didn't happen? Oh, that's not going to happen.
0: Well, you look at, you look at the field, the, the two countries that usually contend with Sweden historically are sending guys who are skipping in this event for the first time.
1: That's true. Petterson's
0: yeah. Petterson's played here before it's his first time. There is a skip. Obviously he has a, a grand slam under his belt. Yannick Schwaller, in the last two years has come not from nowhere, but it's his first real taste of success at the men's level. Obviously he mm-hmm. was a great skip in junior. But this is his first uh, real taste of success at the men's level. And they have skyrocketed yeah. even to the point that based on points, they beat out team to Cruz in order to represent Switzerland at this tournament. But like I said, it's his first time in the a pool at the, at the Europeans, so you look down the list and you're thinking, okay, who who's used to being in in this field? Who's used to being in this pressure situation, playing for a championship, playing for the right to go to Worlds? Um, and the answer is Thomas Ulsrud, who is right. back at, at Euros now with a different team, but it'll be good to have, uh, have him back at the Europeans, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I've separated the field sort of into three tiers, and in that... That uh, top tier, of course, Scotland, Sweden, and Switzerland, as you mentioned. And then the interesting thing is who's going to be the team from the next four that make the jump? So as you mentioned, Thomas Olsrud, we've got Joel Ratournes from Italy, uh, Jop van Dorp, and uh, Glukov from Russia. Those are sort of the guys that have been there a couple of times now, have got a bit of experience, are sort of knocking at the door. And it's, you know, we, we just need to see them if they can make this next jump.
0: Uh, it's also glukov's first time skipping uh at this event really eh? so yeah there's yeah sure. it's well he's he's played in it he's played in it before um this is first. it's his first time skipping um hmm. now okay. they do have now the third alexei timofeev has skipped in this event before uh okay. he skipped in 2016 and 2017 uh they finished fourth with him skipping in 2016 so it's an experienced that that's an experienced team but you do have a a first time skip in the A pool in Sergei Glukov. Um, mm-hmm. but Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. so, so is it gold medal or bust for a Dean? What do you think?
1: To be honest, I don't think so. This team is one that's, you know, got a proven track record. They know what they are. If they don't win a gold medal here at the Europeans, I'm sure they'll be disappointed, but it doesn't mean really anything because they're going to Worlds no matter what. Uh, They'll be the team Sweden at the next Olympics, I have no doubt. So it's for pride, yes, and for some money, sure. But if they don't win, I don't think it's... I I don't think it knocks them them down in the public's mind. What do you think? I don't know.
0: I don't know, just because they haven't won yet this year. So if they... If they finish second, especially if they finish second to a team like Schwaller or Patterson, those teams that are that are young and this is their first real big championship level stage, mm-hmm. the teams that are kind of seen as up and coming. Because last year he lost to another team that was viewed as an up and comer in Mawit. So if he loses if he does that again this year, if the if the loss is to Patterson or Schwaller,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then that's happened in two straight Euros if he loses to Ulsrud then it's okay his old rival got the best of him in the Europeans we'll see what happens at Worlds i think i think the i think the conversation changes if it's a team like Patterson or Schwaller that does that 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 does beat them in the final spoiler alert i'm going to pick a dean <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay okay well uh it might dictate a bit how uh how i make my picks but uh, fair enough fair enough i I kind of figured
0: uh I, I think this was the easiest pick that jonathan and i had when when we were doing this last year which of course we wound up being wrong but i i just think he's capable of of going back to being the Nicholas Adine that we're used to seeing just whenever he wants, I still think that he's capable of doing that. So until, until really proven otherwise, um, I think he's kind of the automatic pick in a field that doesn't include Kevin Cooey. Yeah. You're
1: uh, uh, you're not, you're not crazy uh, <laughs> Ryan for picking Nicholas Adine. I think uh, no. it's a pretty sane, sane pick, but you mentioned, so between team Schwaller, for Switzerland, and Patterson for Scotland. Which team do you give the edge to among those two? Based on
0: form, Patterson. And, of course, we just saw, I did see that Schwaller went over at the Tour Challenge this week. So based on form, mm-hmm. I think Patterson, um, he's also played in this event in, event before um, as a front-ender, but this is his yep. first time as, as a skip. Um, but you know they've they've won um, they've won on tour they've won a slam. It's really it's an experienced team, and they've been playing well this year. Also, he's beaten Nicholas Adeen twice. So I think between Schwaller and Patterson, I think I give the edge to Patterson. So if you want to talk about mm-hmm. that team, um, they're pretty interesting. The Scotland has suddenly gotten really deep, uh, deep to the point that the defending uh, European champion is not at this event because they got beat out uh, by Patterson uh, and by Muirhead. I think I Mm -hmm. saw in the, the qualification tournament that Scotland did, they did a little mini round Robin between the three and Mowat was the third team out. And then Patterson and Muirhead actually played down uh, against each other in a best of three to decide who was going to be team Scotland at this tournament. And it wound up being Patterson. So the,
1: yeah, that's right. The uh,
0: defending European champion finished third in the qualifier for Scotland at this championship, <laughs> which shows you that Scotland's suddenly gotten pretty deep pretty quick. It used to, We used to see Scotland as only being kind of a one-team show, but all of a sudden there's a lot of depth there.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting to just juxtapose a bit with the women's side where Eve Muirhead's team is sort of the Scottish team. Uh, we saw uh, another team representing them at Worlds last year, but... Uh, it's 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 nice to see. To be honest, uh, like you say, they beat uh, Glenn Muirhead's team two to one in that best of three series, and they seemed like they were all pretty close. So a lot of depth out of Scotland. You're right; he's two wins against Nicholas Adine this year. It's a pretty uh, like those sorts of things can really get in another team's head. Now Nicholas Adine, I don't think will have that problem, but you never know uh, against the rest of the field. This week uh, they're they're four and two on the year, including those two wins against the Dean. So uh, they're not going to be intimidated by anybody that they meet here. Again, uh, playoffs almost every time. They didn't qualify at the Stu Cells, but were three and one and lost out in a pool tiebreak kind of thing. So they've had a great season. I think they could do some damage.
0: I think beating Edine twice already this year does more for Patterson than it does against Edine. It just gives you that confidence right. boost, Nicholas. I mean, Nicholas Adine is not going to lack for confidence going into <laughs> this tournament, but just the fact that you've you've beaten the guy twice already this season. They, they've also they've beaten Schwaller on tour. They've also got wins over Cooey and Epping um, mm-hmm. to their credit this year. So I think I think that's why they have the edge. If you look at who Patterson's beaten on tour this year and who Schwaller's beaten on tour this year. Um, Schwaller's gotten a load of points, but you look at the teams they've beaten and the quality, the quality of teams that Patterson has beaten so far on tour this year, I think is better than Schwaller's. And that's one of another reason that I kind of give them the edge. If we're talking about who, who's going to be the second favorite behind Nicholas Aden in this tournament.
1: Right on. Yeah. And, and, I mean, if you look at the number of games played, even Patterson's got 35 games played versus Schwaller's 47, uh, just showing you the extra events that that team Schwaller has been trying to get in to get those extra points to earn that berth. So uh, not not hard to disagree with you uh, on that one. It's it's I mean, not hard to agree. Uh, They're quite good, but. Let me let me talk up Team Schwaller here for a bit. Please do. Five and five against the teams in this field. Like I mentioned, forty-seven games played. I would say the 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 stat that sticks out to me that goes against them is their hammer efficiency has only been thirty-four percent on the year, so they're not capitalizing on the chance to get their deuce with the hammer. That said, they are forcing quite well at fifty-three percent. So. They're playing tight games. It's not uh, not like they're coming out and blowing anybody out of the water, but they do have two wins at the Baden Masters and at the uh, Camerons Oakville Classic. They beat uh, in the Baden Masters, they beat D'Cruz and they beat Adine in that field. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat uh, Team Kim from Korea in the Camerons uh, final. Another two quarters and a semis out of their eight events. So the the problem is like you said just this weekend oh and four so they're not and trending one and three in the at right the masters direction. yeah not trending in the right direction at the right time yep.
0: yeah so, one in one in seven combined in their two gsoc appearances so far this year so that's best on best so i, I, mm-hmm. I mean they're right they're racking up points but who are they racking up the points against
1: exactly exactly it's uh Uh, Yeah, and plus, plus since they're one of the teams that were there at the Tour Challenge, they've got to go back across the pond for the Euros. That the time factor Mm -hmm. might be a might be a thing. A lot of these teams were playing, but it's it's still a thing. I think it's them. I think it's Schwaller, Adine, and Van Dorp.
0: Were those the three that were that were in the Tour Challenge this week that are in this field?
1: Yes, Uh, Van Dorp in the tier two, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So you have, yeah. So you have Patterson and Ullsrud who got to stay in Europe uh, Mm -hmm. to prepare for this. That's, that's another, that's another thing to consider.
1: Another check in that column for uh, Ross Patterson. And I don't know if you can glean anything from how I'm talking, but uh, (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. I like the Schwaller
0: team. Um, Like I said, they've really been coming on strong the last, the last two years you had de Cruz's team which was really de Cruz's team was put together for the purpose of competing for an Olympic gold they're not really kind mm-hmm. of like a Dean's team they're not they're not really worried about euros they're not even as worried about worlds that's you know it's an established team it's a team that's had success at the end of the day what they are working towards in de Cru- the, in terms of de Cruze's team is to try and win an olympic gold medal i don't think they thought that the schwaller team would have gotten to this point as quickly as they did they probably saw them as a threat down the road but uh, for them to be beating them out for spots at um, at national events, uh, is, is pretty interesting. So it, it's, it's going to make, it's going to make Switzerland even more fun to watch as we see which of the teams winds up coming out of Switzerland to represent that country at the Olympics.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Peter De Cruz, they, they're not losing any sleep by not participating in this event. They, they know who they are. Absolutely.
0: So below the big three, like you said, so you you have it as Italy, Norway, and the Netherlands as kind of the next group. Is that right? Yeah, and I
1: would add Russia in there as well. Okay. Um, now I put them in that order because that's alphabetically how they go. But uh, I do think Team Italy is sort of the dark horse of this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, bronze medalist last year. Yeah, bronze medalist last year. Really up and coming. They have one win uh, this season at the Grand Prix Burn Inter-Curling Challenge. The The big number that stands out to me is against the teams in this field. They're 7-1 and one on the year. They know the teams that they're going to have to beat. Mm-hmm. They've done it before. They can do it. Their hammer percentage, 47%, uh, getting their two force efficiencies at 60%. Those are the two numbers that you really want. be to be solid going into any event so uh, italy what do you think
0: yep they well they've been all over they've played on three continents uh like you Mm -hmm. said they won in Bern. they made the semis at champery they went one in three at that we uh curling event that that took place in south korea um just a one in three record there and then uh in canada Made the playoffs mm-hmm. at the Stu Sells Oakville, not the Stu Sells Toronto, uh, and made a made the quarterfinal at the Oakville Fall Classic. So those two weeks in Oakville were very good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, they've they've got some pretty impressive wins, including a lot of teams in this field. Um, you know they've they've beaten DeCruz, and then in addition to them, the teams in this field on tour they've beaten Musketevitz, Olsrud, Idine, Team Reed schwaller and glukov they've played them and they've beaten them on tour this year
1: yeah the only loss uh that they had was to yap van dorp uh they're in champery in the semifinals so mm. i mean this team if they put it all together like we saw them do last year they're in real contention to knock out maybe one of those top three teams that we talked about
0: Welcome, welcome back, Thomas Ulsrud. uh, If you want to talk about Norway, Stefan Wallstad is also back, uh, but uh, I can see why he would kind of cede the skipping duties to Thomas Ulsrud. Uh, This is Thomas Ulsrud's seventeenth shot at the Europeans. Uh, He won in twenty ten and twenty eleven. His last appearance, he went six and three in 2017. Uh, he's been to three Olympics. Uh, Wallstad last year went five and four. Um, so first year playing together for these two um, and it's also a return to normal pants for Thomas Olsrud um, and in normal pants, they've had uh, having some ups, ups and downs. They went to the quarterfinals at the Stu Oakville. They finished second at Champery uh, and their, their biggest wins this year on tour are Schwaller, McDonald and Gushu. What can you tell me about what their stats say
1: about them? Uh, they're two and two versus teams in this field, as you mentioned, Pretty pretty average, I'd say. Uh, the The problem that they've had is in the events where they've played some of the better teams, is the ones where they've lost uh, not done as well. In Champery, when they finished second, they beat Ross White and they beat Schwaller in the playoffs. So two pretty solid teams, but they're not beating those those sort of higher level teams. On tour, forty-seven uh, percent on the hammer and fifty-two on the steel efficiency. Pretty good. They're not stealing though um, as well as they could have. They're they're at twenty-eight percent, which is pretty good. But uh, if if you think of Thomas Olssrud and you think of all the rocks that they like to put in play, maybe not as size as you'd you'd expect. Uh,
0: if you're looking for a team to kind of repeat what Italy did last year and break through, if you're looking for a, a, a dark horse, um, I think it's the Netherlands and Jaap van Dorp, um, mainly because they've, they've started winning this year. They won that event in Champery, beating Ulsrud mm-hmm. in the final. They actually went 7-0 and at that event. Um, however, they haven't been great when they've played in the Europeans. This is the fourth shot at the A pool for Jaap Van Dorp. His best finish was seventh in 2017. Last year, they started 0-7 and had to win their last two games to avoid going down to the B pool, and they beat the correct two teams in order to avoid relegation. They handed losses to the two teams below them to relegate those two teams, This year, it's been a different story. They've they've had some success on tour, including qualifying for the Tier Two uh, Grand Slam event at the Tour Challenge. Like we said, mm-hmm. they beat they won the Chambry event. Um, they've also got wins over Retornaz and uh, the USA's Richie Ruinen uh, on tour this year. Also, wins over Bruce Mowat, Ross Patterson, and Yuta Matsumura. So probably the best season on tour that we've seen from YAP so far this year, even though last year they kind of struggled at Europeans. Um, You know, they've, I I think that they're ready to break out. I think that this is, I think that they're finally ready for prime time.
1: Look at, yeah. Looking at their schedule, they definitely believe that too. So they've played in eight events so far this year that are uh, sort of tour level events which is the most of anyone in the field. I think Yannick Schwaller also has played an eight. Uh, The the problem is, like, they've got some pretty good wins, like you say, 7-0 at that uh, Masters event in Champery. But overall, uh, sort of around 500, did not qualify at the first four events. Uh, They they might have lost a tiebreaker at one of them. But the numbers sort of don't paint that rosy a picture for this team. They're 37% hammer efficiency and only 42% on the force efficiency, which is really not going to get it done at this event. Now, their X factor is Wooter, Wooter Goskins, the fourth fourth stone thrower. This guy can make some big shots, you know, and if they're stuck in a place and he makes one, that could be the fuel that really uh, propels them forward and, and up in the standings in this event. I
0: think my favorite thing was seeing Wouter, uh, and he 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 does not look at all like Brad Jacobs. (laughs) No one is going to confuse him for Brad Jacobs. But he gave just the classic "come on" after making a pretty remarkable shot to win a game uh, last year. Oh yeah, Uh, or maybe two maybe it was two years ago at Worlds. But that I thought that was just classic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's he's like super super skinny guy, sort of like what you'd think of as a Dutch guy, right? tall skinny that's right but uh yeah he's got the passion right there uh, as much as anybody and it's it's fun to watch and like I said he can throw it hard and he can make big shots when they need it so definitely a team to look out for and and I'm not as confident as you are that they can make the step but I'd I'd love to be wrong I think it more has
0: I think I think it more has something to do with this field. I just I think that once you get outside of the top three, it becomes kind of a crapshoot. Mm. Um, yeah, that's fair. And I, I think that they're capable. You know, once you get past the top three, I think they're capable of beating beating any team in the field. And then once you get to the the playoff scenario, you just gotta you just gotta win that last game to win bronze, as we saw last year with with Joel Retornas. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so the
0: team that Joe, the team that Joel beat in the bronze medal game last year is also back. That is team Germany skipped by Mark Mex Mark Um One thing about this team is they are missing their Canadian. I don't think Ryan Sherrard is on this team anymore. The former, um, the former Canadian junior champion.
1: Yeah, that's right. He's uh, not listed on their roster this year. I don't really know what happened. Maybe he moved back uh, to Canada. Uh, Or decided to take a step back, as is the parlance in the curling world. But they've not played that much uh, compared to some of the other teams. I mean, five events uh, on tour. Highest finish would be fourth at the Tallinn Men's International Challenger. They lost the third place game to team Mikkel Kraus, who we'll talk about in a bit from Denmark. Other than that... um, their record against the other teams in the field, not very impressive. 0 5. Uh, their hammer efficiency is quite good up at 43%, but it's not what you'd like to see from a team that's poised to make the playoffs here. So I my forecast for them is, is going to be quite a bit lower than their fourth place finish.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel I kind of feel the same way. I don't know. We haven't, we haven't seen this lineup have, have the same level of success. And until mm-hmm. that happens, I think I'm, I think I'm selling on Germany.
1: Yeah. And they're, they're also the uh, third lowest rated team on the uh, order of merit at number 82. The, the next but they one, haven't played that much. Right. I guess that that's true. That's true. So, and the other two teams that are well behind, also have played much less so yep. uh, yeah i'm looking at numbers
0: th- yeah and, and jonathan has taught me if if jonathan has taught me anything it's that it's to take some of that some of the the wct and some of the order of merit rankings with a grain of salt because um, it kind of it bit me last year last mm. it, it bit me last year in this event when we were Talking about the women's side with uh, the Latvian team, Iveta uh, Stasa Sarsana. Um, they don't go on tour that much, but she's a veteran skip. She knows how to perform on world championship ice. And sure enough, Latvia outperformed what anyone thought they would have done. But it's a team that doesn't really get out and play that much, but they usually play well in this event. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that necessarily applies to this. German team, but just because a team isn't going out and playing a whole lot doesn't mean that you automatically, um, automatically have them set for relegation. I don't think.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I think I remember Jonathan saying on one of the podcasts, like anybody 20 and below 20 to 50 are kind of all the same, maybe 50 yeah. to a hundred about the same. So, and, and you're right. They've, they've played five events, but they've all been in Europe, which have lower uh, sort of lower strength of field measurements generally, uh, especially that field in Tallinn wasn't uh, super super strong. So as a result, you don't get as many points for those those events. So uh, that could be one of the culprits behind their their ranking for sure.
0: Yeah, and the the Tallinn tournament, uh, that one, and the the Latvian tournament in when Riga. You those two or the, those the, yeah, those two are kind of set as kind of the t- basically the tier the the main tier two um tournaments for europe so you mm-hmm. won't see a lot of the heavy hitters there but it's a way it's a place where um those tier two teams like like the german team like Yops team um where they can go and play teams that are kind of their level right. um, and kind of figure out where they stand in the world without having to get their teeth kicked in by the Indians of the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right on, right on. So, uh, I don't really have much more to say about Germany, but let's talk about team Russia. We briefly touched on them. Uh, Sergei Glukov, uh, with uh, Timofeev there playing third. Do you give this team, uh, any chance?
0: (sighs) I, th- I think that they could make the playoffs and I think they could get relegated.
1: Yeah, that's, it's a wide <laughs> range for these guys, right?
0: I think anything anything can happen with this team. The, the, the Russian men are just not as strong on the world stage as the Russian women's teams are. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this team is experienced, uh, especially Alexei Timofeev uh, at third. Sergey Glukov, he played in this event as an alternate in twenty seventeen. He got into, but he got into six games as an alternate. Um, you know, they've been out on tour some. They made a semi made they made the semifinal at that Bern Grand Prix event. They finished second at a Spiel in Alberta at a town that I can't pronounce. Um, they made a quarterfinal in Basel, so they've Airdrie. they've had some wins. Airdrie, okay. Um, they've had some Fair wins trigger. Their Their wins haven't been over the best of teams. Like you look at, okay, what are their, what are their best wins? What's the team's best wins this year? And for Glukov, it's Jan Hess from Switzerland, uh, Willie Liebern, David sick from the Czech Republic and the Schneider team from Switzerland.
1: Yeah. Not super impressive, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of agree with you. They're, Middle of the pack, anything is possible, but we're not super optimistic. Now, uh, any,
0: go ahead. It, they 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 will be interesting to watch. They they will be one of the more fun teams to watch because anything
1: can happen. Exactly with this team. Well, <laughs> well, right on. Why don't we move on to uh Jonathan's buds? Oh yeah, Team Reed. Enter Reed. Team Reed from England,
0: uh, they've made they've made an, impor- an important addition this year. So after they won promotion in the B last year, and then almost qualified for Worlds, they came so close to qualifying for Worlds at that WQE event in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, they made a key addition this year, uh, Andy Woolston. Uh, Another who used to skip another team that would just constantly, constantly kick Jonathan's ass at the uh, English men's uh, championships uh, has joined this team. And even though he's listed as an alternate, I have a feeling you're going to see him in a lot of the games Mm -hmm. uh, at this European championships in the A. So they've added another very good curler, another veteran curler. Uh, to try and stay up in the A, uh, one of the reasons that I said that um, Jonathan kind of has conflict of interest here. One, he's friends with these guys, at least probably. He tells me that uh, that they're his friends. I don't know how they feel about Jonathan. <laughs> um, the other thing is, since Jonathan's playing in the European or in the Englishmen's playdowns, he obviously wants England to stay up. He obviously wants them to, to to keep their spot in the A pool for next year because if Jonathan's team winds up winning um, the English men's championships, which they won't, Team Reid will defeat them, um, <laughs> then they would then get a chance to play in the A pool next year. You know, talking about Team England, like we said, like I said, they they won promotion uh, at the B last year, finishing second to Denmark. This is the first time that England has been in the A pool at Europeans since two thousand three. Uh, Andy Reid was actually on that team; he played third on that team, and this is his fourteenth overall trip to Europeans, whether whether it be the A pool or B pool. So it's a veteran team. I think that they're going to be kind of in the mix for relegation. Jonathan wants me to state on record that he is predicting England to be successful at this event and maintain their standing in the A-pool. That is Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan believes that England will maintain its standing in the A-pool. He wanted me to make sure that I said that. All right. but I, I think that they'll be in the mix for relegation. And we'll get to whether or not I think that they will get relegated when we do our official picks here in a second.
1: Yeah, they're definitely one of those teams that's on the bubble. But as we saw in New Zealand, you know, they, they're a solid squad, can put together some good games. Uh, there's teams in this field that they can beat. Uh, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, in fact, Though they haven't beat any teams in this field this year so far. So I was looking. Yeah, they also they, they haven't gotten on tour much. No, I think they played at the event in Champery, uh, lost to a Dean and Return as in that event. So uh, they might have played one other. I couldn't find. But uh, yeah, not uh, not a lot of funding. To go out and play in events for this kind of a team, so well, no. <laughs> you know they'll have to look for uh, catching some magic and performing some kind of a miracle on ice.
0: Yeah, if they, I think if they
1: made the playoffs, it, it could it could be considered that. Oh yeah, they. I mean, they have to win two games basically to, yeah, to be in the mix to stay up. They, and I'll get into why they could. They could do it with one. Okay. Yeah, and like have a, some sort of a tiebreaker scenario.
0: And, all right, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell you why. I, I'm, all right, fine. I'm picking England to stay up. I, I'm. I, they are one of my, they're, I think that they're going to finish eighth. I think they'll stay up. Here's why. As we saw last year at European Bees and at the world qualification event, this team's really good at DSC. And yeah. that is super important now um, at World Curling Federation events. And this team's pretty good at it. And I, I think it's going to come down to that. And I think that's where they have the advantage. And that's why I think they'll stay up.
1: Okay. Okay. Makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So the only other team we haven't talked about, Denmark. Denmark, uh, uh Michael Krauss. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they beat Tobias Thune to rep, uh, represent Denmark, uh, at this event. It is the first a pool for Denmark since 2016. Uh, this team's gotten on tour a little bit. They beat Musketevitz for third at the Tallinn challenger event. They beat Switzerland's, uh, Lucien Lotenbach, uh, at that same event. Um, Kraus himself uh, helped Denmark uh, get out of the sea pool uh, in 2018 um, after Rasmus Sterna, um, after he qualified for the Olympics, he didn't go to Euros and Denmark did bad enough at Europeans that they wound up all the way down in the sea pool. Well, that was um, late or uh Early early 2018, end of the 27 2018 um, curling season, uh, Denmark was in the C pool, so they won promotion out of the C pool, and then they won promotion from the B pool last year. So they went from C to A in the span of uh, in the span of one uh, in, span, in the span of one calendar year. Kraus has been in this event before. He played third for Stern, uh, Rashma Sterna, uh, in 2010 and 2014. Um, and he, he had some success at World Juniors. He won World Juniors in 2009. So this isn't his first go-round um, representing Denmark. However, this is probably another one of those teams that is going to try to fight to stay up um, up in the A-pool
1: yeah i agree with you on what you say there about uh, team kraus not a lot to speak of with respect to the stats other than they beat Muscatavits as you mentioned previously that's their only game against another team in this field uh this year and that's where my analysis comes to an end
0: (laughs) all right so should we make some picks for the a pool
1: let's get on it yeah
0: I guess I'll go first, and I'll give you, I'll give you my one, two, and three, and then, uh, and then I'll let you pick, and then I'll give you my uh, relegated teams. Uh, first, I'm going to take Nick. I'm going to take a Dean to win. Okay. Second, uh, I'll take Ross Patterson. Um, I, I think he kind of has the edge there. Uh, in, in addition to everything Adin has going for him, he's also playing on home ice. I think that's another thing that uh, that he has in his favor. Um, Patterson, I, th- I think it's going to work to his advantage that he didn't play this week. Um, and that's also why I'm going to pick Thomas Olsrud to finish third.
1: Okay. I like all of your reasoning, Ryan, but I think you're 100% wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh we saw nicholas adine playing at home in the world cup of curling last year and it didn't do him any good so that said i'm gonna pick ross patterson as the winner give me a scotland back-to-back european champion all right i will take nicholas adine to make the playoffs but i'll pick him to finish third oh because i'm i'm really really behind this team italy and Joel Returnes. I'm picking them All to finish right. second. Uh, their numbers are good. They they played really well. I I like it, and that's the team I want to see in the final. All
0: right. As far as teams going down, like I said, I think I think England stays up. So the two teams that I am predicting to fall down to the B are Denmark and Russia. I think, I think Denmark finishes last and I think Russia had, I think if they, if, if they start losing early, I think the bottom will drop out. So the, I think Denmark and Russia go down to the B next year.
1: Okay. Denmark and bit Russia. bit of an upset. Yeah. A bit of an upset. uh, my two teams are going to be England because obviously I have to pick England to go down, <laughs> uh, and up just despite Jonathan, just despite Jonathan, right? I, I mean, I can't. I can't pick them to stay. Come on. No way. Uh, the other team, I I kind of want to send down Muscatavits, except their experience last year finishing fourth. It, it's really hard for me to see a world where they would go down and Denmark wouldn't. So I'm going to take England and Denmark as the two teams to right. go down. So
0: the two teams that won promotion last year, you think they're going right back down? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate,
1: right. but likely.
0: All right, so we also have to pick two teams from the B pool to come up. Um, we won't preview all of these teams because there's really no point. Um, some teams that I'll call out, um, first and foremost, the, the the men's side of the B pool at Europeans is put into an A pool and a B pool. Right. Um, and then they'll, they'll play around Robin and the top three from each pool is going to make the playoffs. Um, and that will determine who, uh, who gets promoted. The, the, the two teams that make the final get promoted. Um, the, a pool is loaded. Yeah. You have the check team. Uh, Lucas Klima's team is pretty solid. Um, Spain, year in and year out, comes so close to winning promotion with Sergio Vez as Skip. Uh, he also has a silver medal in the mixed, to his credit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Estonia team with Harry Lill is very good. Uh, they're another team that, that comes close every year, it seems like, to winning promotion. Uh, and the Finnish team is also very good. Um, not the most... Decorated team that we've seen come out of Finland, but they go out on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gotten some wins uh, on tour this year, uh, particularly at the what we talked we talked about that Tallinn Challenger event. That's kind of for Tier Two teams. Uh, they friggin' won it. Yeah. Um, so this is also this is also one of the countries that got sent down last year. So last year they were in the they were in the ECCA pool. Um, they're trying to win. Uh, they're trying to win promotion back up into it. Um, but those, so those four teams, Klima, Vez, Lil, and, uh, Yermu who is actually going to be skipping from the lead position, uh, for team Finland. One of those teams isn't even making playoffs, which is pretty unreal.
1: Yeah. And especially looking at the other side of the bracket, you're sort of wondering like, how did they, how did they seed this? Right? Like, how did they pick those teams to all be in the A?
0: I think it's based off of where you finished last year.
1: Ah, Okay. Because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, can I pick two teams from the A pool to go up? Maybe. I I think that's what happened last year. I
0: think Denmark and England were in the same pool last year. Okay. I think.
1: Hmm. But yeah, it is possible. It is possible. But are they going to beat up on each other or does steel sharpen steel, you know, as the saying goes?
0: That's the thing is like, it, it, it's going to be tight. And as I say, weekend and week out on the show, kids practice your DSC. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what's going to decide who had one, who has the buy, um, finishing first, uh, in the, a, in the, a bracket. Um, and two, which, which of these teams is the one that's not gonna make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, you're right. Practice your DSC. That's, uh, that's definitely the, the motto for that. Do you know anything about, uh, the teams in the B side of this?
0: Uh, yeah, there's
1: there's two curlers
0: that I think are pretty good in Boris Ysiky from Poland. Um, so he, the last time he was in this event, he actually won promotion for Poland. Uh, that was in uh, 2017. And then at last year's uh, 2018 European Championships in the A-Pool, uh, Poland sent a very young team um, skipped by a kid named Uh, Zikowski, uh and they wound up mm-hmm. finishing last and coming back down. So it's like, you know, it's like that premier league manager that's called in to, you know, rescue a team and, and win promotion or to, to keep from getting relegated. I kind of feel like Boris Jasicki from Poland is kind of in that vein. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's, I think that's probably the best team on the, in the, in the B bracket. Um the team from Latvia, I think, is pretty good. Uh, they were fourth in the B last year, went five and two in the round robin, um, but because of DSC, did not make it into the playoffs. Um, this team is skipped by a guy named Truksans. Uh They were second at that Chal- Tallinn Challenger event that we were talking about, and he also qualified and made the quarters at the Latvia uh, Challenger event. Um, the other team that um at least has some experience as Sebastian Wanderer from Austria. They've played in the A pool before. He's skipped uh he's skipped teams in the A pool uh twice before so they're looking to get uh get promoted again. They went four and three in the B pool last year.
1: Hmm. Very good, very good. So <laughs> This is why I listen to your podcast to hear about <laughs> European teams, right? And and uh, Asia right. Pacific Asia teams. It's uh, a wonderful. That's reasons. why we exist. <laughs> <laughs> so why why don't I give my two picks first for this one? Um, I am going to pick two teams out of the out of the A pool. I'm going to pick the Czech team and Klima, and you know what? Give me Spain knocking on the door for so many years. That that's the team I, like I want to see. Give me Spain.
0: I like it so much that that's one of my picks. I'm taking Sergio Vez in Spain to finally break through and make it to the A, just mainly because I want to see it. I want to see Spain in the European Championships. I think mm-hmm. that would be a great story um, just to go on top of the the story that they had at, at the mixed last year, finishing second to Canada. Um, and then I'm going to take Boris Yasicki. Uh, so I'm taking Spain and Poland to win promotion uh, to the A pool.
1: Right on. Yesiki was the other one I had uh, had my eye on, but but uh, so I think good picks, uh, very informed and well researched picks. Like uh, that's what I'm known for, right? <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> uh, I think that uh, when we beat you, I think I'm going to mail you guys a case of Big Light, which is the just nameless beer that the Lidl chain of supermarkets produces um i have no idea if it'll get through customs but uh (laughs) i'll find a way to get you i'll find a way to get you a big light big with two g's
1: boy big with two g's oh boy oh dear well i'm gonna have to think because because there's definitely some bad american beers that i can that we can make you drink so we'll be thinking about it that's for sure. Oh, actually, the problem I know. is.
0: Go ahead. The problem is you 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 can't hurt me because I lay, I drink Coors
1: Light regularly. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, have you ever had? Uh, <laughs> there's a beer from Trader Joe's. It's their house beer, and it is the worst thing I've ever tasted.
0: Yeah, that'll be it. I don't think I've had that, but I've had Big Light, and I've had the other Lidl brand beer, which is Sprint Light. Sprint light.
1: Oh God. Yeah. Sounds like a bad cell phone connection. Sprint light. They're (laughs) they're, uh, both of
0: those beers are produced by the same, I guess you can call it a brewery. Um, But basically they just, they produce the house beers for different supermarket chains. And two of them are the ones for Lidl, which is big light and sprint light. Yikes.
1: Yikes. Well, every...
0: So every year we go to my wife's family's river cabin and we invite basically it's our, our summer event that our tailgate does. So all the guys from the, the tailgate that we go to at Virginia tech, um, for every game, they meet us at this river cabin. And the challenge is bring the worst beer that you can find. (laughs) And so every, and then every year, so we do this and then we blind taste test them and then we judge them and, Two years ago, Big and Sprint were one and two for worst. It was Big Light and then Sprint Light, followed by, um, followed by Natural Ice.
1: Oh, <laughs> natty, <third>. natty Ice. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, so I have a lot of incentive to win this time, and I, I think my picks are good. I'm going to wait to hear what Sean's are. We haven't talked about it. So he's been away all weekend, and uh, I trust him. And if it's him that causes us to lose, I'm going to make him drink half more than me. I think that's fair. All right. All right. Make sure that you
0: listen to Game of Stones for the women's preview for the European Curling Championships. Uh, Scott, tell everyone where they can find you guys and where they can follow you.
1: Oh, I should have written this down. This is usually Sean's job but uh, you can follow us on Twitter (laughs) at game of stones pod on Instagram at game of stones pod as well. Sean is on Twitter at Dr. Shawnee fever. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Scott lakes TV. You can look for that episode to drop probably Tuesday this week, Tuesday morning. And, and uh, I'm also, since I'm taking the week off work, but I do have an assignment and that's to get our website up and running. So I'll tweet about that as soon as that's uh, up and ready to go.
0: All right. Thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun. I hope we can do it again. Yeah, a lot of fun, Ryan. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Rocks Across the Pond, a curling podcast. You can find all of our previous episodes and blog posts at rocksacrossthepond.com. Please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. If you enjoyed listening, the greatest compliment we can receive is when you tell a friend about us. That helps us grow and helps us share our love of this great game. If you have a comment or question, or you just want to talk about curling, you can email us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at curlingpodcast. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at Rocks Across the Pond. Thank you again, and we will talk to you real soon.